Yesterday was Black Monday in the NFL world, and today we're already trying to find those guys new jobs. We're going to see how some people, including Cliff Kingsbury, could fit in Gainesville with the Florida Gators here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. Days are just a horrible thing for me. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenberg with whole nine sports and giants country of SI.com. And here's the thing. Cliff Kingsbury. Rightfully so, got fired yesterday on Black Monday, which is, of course, the name that we call the Monday after the last Sunday of NFL games, because that's when all the coaches get fired if they haven't been fired already. Cliff Kingsbury was one of those coaches. Cliff Kingsbury, of course, is Texas Tech, Arizona Cardinals, had a losing record at Texas Tech. I believe it's 25 and 30 is his college coaching career or his college coaching record, uh, then got promoted somehow to the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, got in all his guys and was bringing in the air raid, and then the offense struggled. And maybe I am a pessimist about Cliff Kingsbury because I talked to Alex Clancy, who does Locked On Cardinals, and he raises a very good point to me. And he's brought it up multiple times this whole season where he said, if the offense isn't the strength of the Arizona Cardinals, then why is Cliff Kingsbury still your head coach? Because you can't complain about the offensive line. The offensive line is pretty good. You can't complain about the quarterback because your quarterback is Kyler Murray, who you just gave a massive contract extension. So clearly you think he's pretty good. You can't complain about receivers because you've got DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Robbie Anderson, Rondale Moore. You've had an excessive number of receivers come in and out. Can't complain about running back because James Conner has been pretty good. You can't complain about tight end because one, you have Zach Ertz. Two, you don't use a tight end that much, which means that your offense personnel wise is there. The issue is your scheme or when just generally when you're calling which plays, which is what I complained about with Billy Napier in Florida. Um, the plays aren't bad. It's when you call them. So if that's the case, your, your roster is fine and your offense is a, a horrible offense. It's not like, oh, the defense is so good. That's why they're the strength of the team. No, this offense was really bad. The defense was good, but the offense was really bad in Arizona. So maybe that's why I'm pessimistic because he's supposed to be this great offensive mind. He had the quarterback, the line, the weapons throughout, and yet he still couldn't figure it out on a consistent basis. And Florida Gators fans, you want to convince me that Cliff Kingsbury should be in Gainesville? I don't think so. I have a few reasons why, that being one of them. Another reason being, it's year one. I'm generally against firing a coach or replacing a coach after year one because it's very difficult to truly evaluate them in a year. It is. Um, it's truly difficult to evaluate them in a year to know what they're going to do long term, especially in the college level where 
in the NFL, you can see it and it's like, well, these are NFL players. You should be able to make them work. College, it's different because recruiting is a part of it. So if you're not that great of a coach, but you're recruiting like crazy, then, then there's that kind of offset here. But with Cliff Kingsbury, year one, I don't want to replace anybody on this offensive staff right now. Uh, I, I don't think there's a spot for Cliff Kingsbury other than offensive coordinator, which I don't think you should get rid of Rob Sale. I don't think you should add a co-offensive coordinator. I will continue saying passing game coordinator, which we'll talk about next segment. But year one, I don't think you need to add someone to the offensive staff. So there's, he hasn't been doing what he's supposed to be doing and being a good offensive coach. It's year one. You don't need to replace the offense. Florida Gators had a top 20 offense in terms of yards per play and some other efficiency metrics, which is like, okay, well then guess what? They were kind of efficient. It was just some things didn't work out. Like, dropped passes, inaccurate passes, turnovers that shouldn't have happened, like the bad, like the intercepted passes. Also, and I think, I think maybe my, not want to say biggest reason, because my biggest reason is that I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is nearly as good as people will try to convince you that he is. Um, but I think my other big reason, and I think maybe the best reason, is the mix of styles. I understand that you know, you could look at, let's bring in these kind of different concepts and, and mash them together. You see it happen a lot where you'll see West Coast and spread kind of linked together and, and you'll see option mixed with spread and then you have the spread option and the RPO and all these fun things. You'll see that. It's different though when they are just inherently opposite style, or not opposite, because I guess opposite of the area would be the option, but very, very different offensive styles where I don't think it's a good idea, at least in the college level, to try to bring in an air raid play caller, play suggester, whatever you want to call him, whatever he'd be, even if, let's say he's passing game coordinator and Billy calls the plays, or let's say he's OC and Billy calls the plays, or let's say he's the OC and he calls the plays, but Billy still is obviously going to have a hand in this conversation. I don't think it's smart to bring in a guy that wants to run air raid, spread them out style, you know, maybe a running back, maybe five receivers on the field, stuff like that. I don't think it's smart to bring in that style of offensive mind when you clearly want to build this team as a let's run the ball, let's throw when we have to or throw when it's advantageous, and then let's keep things condensed set like you see, which, by the way, why are we talking about bringing in the guy who was – one of the few teams in his division, actually the only team in his division that didn't go with these condensed sets and wide zone style and was the worst team pretty consistently. It's crazy that that's the guy we want to bring in when we have the style that was winning that division, which is arguably the best division in football right now. Um, although maybe you could argue AFC East is up there because, I mean, the worst team there is probably the Patriots up from top to bottom and they were still not horrible. So I, I realized that that was like kind of off topic to talk about the NFL, but <laughs> my point is you have two conflicting styles and they are vastly different. This is not like taking a spread offense and going, Hey, we're going to throw the ball, throw in a little bit of air raid concepts. This isn't like what LSU did 
with Joe Brady in 2019 when they brought in this Saints concepts and it was like, hey, you know, kind of, kind of a similar offense. We're just adding in these new passing concepts. No, bringing in Cliff Kingsbury to coach the air raid for a coaching staff that clearly wants to go 12 personnel, run the ball a ton. It just seems like one of those things that won't work out. I realize that optimistically, a lot of people will probably see that mixture and go, oh my God, imagine being a team that can do them both. Like, yeah, we can go 12 personnel and run it down your throat for a few plays. And then we can go no huddle, five wide, and just chuck the ball everywhere. And that'd be insane. The odds of getting a roster together that can do that slim to none. This isn't this isn't Madden. You know, like you need guys who can do the things that you need them to do. And I think that trying to build a team like that is asking your team to do too much, especially when you're now starting year two of your coaching regime. I, I think that, you know, if this was a team, a Florida team that was established with what they wanted to do and they were just like recruiting like crazy and it was working, maybe. Like if this is year four, Billy, and you've got the 12 personnel established, you've got your style established, and then you bring in someone like Cliff like Cliff Kingsbury and you go, hey man, we want to add the air raid. We want to add some air raid concepts to our game. We've been recruiting, you know, four receivers every year, five receivers every year. They're pretty good receivers. We want to get them on the field more. That's fine. But you don't have the personnel to do this. So you're going to bring in Cliff Kingsbury and you're not going to have the personnel to run when he wants to run. So you're going to be worse when you try to do what he wants to do. And then it's going to look like an even worse hire. And then you're going to add more pressure onto this coaching staff with what they should do. I don't think it's a good ad. It's as simple as that. I, I'm really genuinely, truly hoping it doesn't happen. Cliff Kingsbury, you can do your thing wherever you want. You you can take a spot at Mississippi State. It's a similar offensive style. Go be the OC there. You could take a spot. Go back to Texas Tech if you want. I don't care. Just stay away from Gainesville because Big Dog, I don't think it's going to work for you, and I don't want you in Gainesville screwing up what this team is already putting together. And I will also say, I feel like a guy that's an NFL head coach is going to come, if he comes back to college, is going to have a bit of an ego and be like, I could do whatever I want, dude. Like, don't worry about that. And I don't want that in Gainesville. And I think most Gators fans don't want that. But we're going to talk about who could come in as a passing game coordinator, including two guys from that Cardinals coaching staff that should also be looking for jobs now. So there's that. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, and it is the new year, which means. New Year's resolution time. If your New Year's resolution is about getting fit, eating healthier, doing whatever it is that you're trying to do, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. I'm just telling you, like, I know one of the biggest things for people who set New Year's resolution, which is not me, um, that one of the biggest things they struggle with is keeping that New Year's resolution, especially if it's dietary because they like to eat snacks, which is me. Um, But Built Bar, coated in 100% chocolate, pretty sweet. Most bars have 130 calories. That's great for any any calculator, any food calculator, calcul- calorie counting you're going to do. That's great. Four net carbs, which is all I care about, genuinely, along with 17 grams of protein. You could eat a delicious chocolate-covered protein bar that is healthy and not feel bad about it. There's no, There's no negative to it. If you want something a little bit more sweet, 
get a built puff. It's it's a protein marshmallow. No other way to describe it. It's, sorry, it's a chocolate covered protein marshmallow. No other way to describe it. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so that you'll never get bored. You won't regret it. Go to built or builtbar.com. Thanks again, Megan Lock Navigators, your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We've got three guys we're going to talk about in this segment that I think could be passing game coordinators for the Florida Gators. Three guys in the next segment that could be other assistants for the Florida Gators. With passing game coordinator, here's the thing. While I was looking at this, I pretty much instantly was like, hey, if you are an OC, probably going to scratch you off that board because you're probably not going to be an OC at the NFL level and then come down to be a passing game coordinator at the college level. I tried to look for guys where it would be a lateral move just to college or a bit of an upgrade. So first up is Spencer Whipple. You might notice that last name, Mark Whipple's son. Spencer Whipple has been with the Arizona Cardinals since 2019. He started as a quality control coach or quality control assistant. Then he went to assistant wide receiver coach, then co-passing game coordinator. Uh, Spencer Whipple played at Miami, has a college, uh, we'll say stint because it was, I believe, three years, college coaching slash recruiting experience with Pitt, like the Pitt and UMass. UMass, not so great, but Pitt, that's ACC, that's high level, that's high level coaching. That's a, you know, we'll say the fourth best conference. I don't know. I think Big 12 is better than the ACC. I think SEC is best than Big 10, then Big 12. The Big 10, Big 12 are very close together. Um, which, by the way, I'm recording this before the national championship. So hopefully, TCU, baby. Go Horn Frogs. There we go. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll throw it up. Um, but I will say this. With Spencer Whipple, I know people might not want a a hurricane here, but too bad. It allows you to bring in an assistant that isn't Cliff Kingsbury, won't step on the toes of a play caller, because again, once you bring in Cliff Kingsbury, I think you have to give him play calling responsibilities, and I don't want to do that, genuinely. Uh, It's just not something I'm interested in doing. I think he's overrated, so I don't want that. So you bring in an assistant that isn't Cliff Kingsbury, won't step on the toes of a play caller, but can also add some air raid passing concepts. That's what I'm looking for. If you can add just a few things, if you can add a little bit for when Florida does go with, we'll say three receivers, a split out wide or split slot tight end and a running back in the backfield. If you can add some air raid concepts to that, go for it. Love that run mesh all you want do do all that stuff i don't care um but if you could add that that'd be great i don't want this to become a team that is trying to be an air raid team while also trying to be a 12 personnel wide zone team so spencer ripple is someone who could probably work a little bit into there and again bring the same ideas that cliff kingsbury has because at this point we've seen what cliff kingsbury can do as a coach I'm not saying that's good or bad. I I think it's bad, but I don't even care about what your opinion is. My point is that he hasn't really done anything innovative in a few years. So you have access to someone who just had Cliff Kingsbury's playbook, and he could bring in some of the things where he can go, okay, like this worked a ton when we did it, not so much here. And you can try to work those wrinkles into your game. You can even work just a half-field air raid concept into it which isn't really a thing because it's the air raid um but you could try to be like yeah that's out of the field you're doing this and we're going to create our own play um 
and, and just stuff like that where you can kind of stress the defense horizontally, stress them vertically, and create some chaos. So Spencer Whipple can do that. Flip side of that, I said Spencer Whipple was a co-passing game coordinator with the Cardinals. The other co-passing game coordinator, Cameron Turner. Okay? He's one that I think I would prefer be a passing game coordinator for the Florida Gators as opposed to Spencer Whipple. Cameron Turner was the other Cardinals co-passing game coordinator, but Cameron Turner, like how Spencer Whipple was with the assistant wide receivers coach as well, Cameron Turner was with quarterbacks, which is what I care more about improving right now because we have Kerry Colbert at wide receiver coach. I'm not stressing about developing that position. I'm not. I'm stressing about developing or recruiting that. Quarterback right now, a little different. Cameron Turner, uh, he is, of course, he's related to all the Turner him, and Norv Turner is the most popular one. That's his uncle. Um, but Cameron Turner has coaching experience with the Citadel, where he played quarterback, and then I believe he moved to receiver after getting hurt. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Florida International, Carolina Panthers, and then the Arizona Cardinals. And again, same reasoning as Spencer Whipple. You can bring in a guy who just had Cliff Kingsbury's playbook, but isn't Kings won't require, first of all, the same salary, second, the same responsibility and, and duties and privileges, and third is still young and still hungry and trying to get up and trying to climb the ranks. So you add all that. Third guy to talk about is Clint Kubiak, who Kubiak is a name you might know because um, his dad is Gary Kubiak. So he's got that. Clint Kubiak is one that I would really appreciate, because, but I, I don't think it'll happen. I think he's going to get an NFL offensive coordinator job. Um, but teams suck, so maybe not. Clint Kubiak previously worked with Texas A&M and Kansas uh, when he wasn't in the NFL with either the Vikings or the Broncos. He kind of he went to the Vikings, I think it was three times he worked with the Vikings. Um, but he would just go to college, come back, go to college, come back. This year, he was the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach for the Denver Broncos, which... Doesn't instill a ton of confidence, I know, but Clint Kubiak took over play calling duties for the Denver Broncos on November 21st. From that point on, the team had seven games to finish the year. In four of those seven, the Denver Broncos had their highest scoring performances. Not that, you know, not that I was like, oh, well, they broke a new record every time, but. The, in those seven games, they had four of their highest scoring performances, the four highest scoring performances in those final seven games. The big change was Clint Kubiak took over offensive play calling duties from Nathaniel, from Nathaniel Hackett, who then got fired. But Clint Kubiak took over the offense. And this team was a team that had, ha, hadn't had scored 24 in a game. And then Clint Kubiak came, they scored 24, 24, 28, and 31, if I'm not mistaken, is the, uh, is the highest four. So Clint Kubiak did that. Get him to Gainesville if you can. Give him play calling duty if you want to do that. If not, make him passing game coordinator. I am curious to see if his last stretch, that that half season, is enough of a portfolio, we'll say, to convince an NFL team to give him either a, an offensive coordinator job, co-OC job, or, or whatever it might be. But Clint Kubiak, experience with quarterbacks, experience as a play caller now, and clearly at least okay as a passing game coordinator, right? So I'm cool with Clint Kubiak. We're about to talk about three assistants that I want to come to Gainesville or that I think could come to Gainesville or should be looked at to come to Gainesville. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about three guys who I think could come to Gainesville. 
I could. I don't mean that Florida's talking to them. I just mean that they're guys who are now free and available. And if Florida wants to kick the tires on them, I think you should. First up, Denarius McGee. Quarterback-centric assistant is what I want his role to be. Um, I don't have a specific, I'm not going to say passing game coordinator. I'm not going to say quarterback coach. I'm not going to say whatever it is. Quarterback-centric assistant is what I want. Daenerys McGee was an assistant with the Houston Texans, who obviously just fired Lovey Smith, which was, I still think, a bad decision. Um, but they fired Lovey Smith. So that likely means Daenerys McGee will be looking for a new job, as will most of those assistants. So Daenerys McGee was an assistant with the Texans. Previously, he had been an assistant with uh, FAU, so Florida Atlantic, another guy who has experience at least coaching in Florida college, so he probably recruited a bit in Florida for college. NC State, another AC, uh, another ACC program, a, a higher ACC program right now. NC State is near the tippy top. And Montana State, where he played quarterback. Uh, he was a quarterback coach and running back coach with Montana State before heading to the Houston Texans. Um, he was there with two regimes. Um, he was there with, I forget the name, David Culley, who was a wide receivers coach at the Ravens and then became the head coach at the Texans. So David Culley and Lovey Smith. I will also say Daenerys McGee, like I said, was a college quarterback. If you can get a college quarterback on your staff as a quarterback assistant, I don't think he should necessarily be passing game coordinator, uh, but getting a quarterback centric assistant there is important. I know you have Ryan O'Hara, who I love as the, uh, offensive analyst with quarterbacks. I want a quarterback coach to take over. That's what I'm, if it's Ryan O'Hara and you make Denarius McGee, the offensive analyst for quarterbacks, go ahead. I don't care, but I think you need more attention on quarterback because Anthony Richardson did not develop to the rate that he should have. Jack Miller looked bad, which I know he, he was injured. He didn't get to practice as much with the starters. He wasn't even planning on being a starter because of course, Jalen Kittner situation happened. There's a lot going on in quarterback. You need more attention, especially if you're Billy Napier and you're the QB guy, you're the offensive coordinator, you're recruiting, you're the head coach. You have to deal with all the disciplinary things, which Florida had a lot of them. You have to do everything. It's not a bad thing to delegate, Billy. You are allowed to have the, the biggest coaching staff and the biggest assistant pool ever, not actually, but it's up there. Use it and bring in guys that will make your job easier and make your life easier. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, we're done with the offense there. The first name we're talking about here is Bill Davis. And I would like it if he was, here's the, because I, 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 I want to be clear here. Bill Davis and the next guy, inside linebacker coach is the job I'm putting up for. I'm putting them up for. I know that's Jay Bateman's job. I am, I've said it earlier in the show, and, and I think I've held it, pretty true throughout. I'm not a big fan of calling for someone's job, especially year one. That's not what I like to do. I would replace Jay Bateman if Bill Davis or the next guy were interested in being the inside linebacker coach with the University of Florida. Bill Davis has been at Arizona since 2019. He's been with the Cardinals since 2019. Before that, he was the linebacker coach for Ohio State for a few years, which instantly means you've got experience with big boy, big boy football. That's Big Ten, so you got experience with big boy linebacker football. Uh, Bill Davis worked with, whether it was recruiting or coaching, developing, training, whatever you want to use, with Chris Worley, who was in the NFL, Jerome Baker, who was in the NFL, Malik Harrison, who was in the NFL, 
all guys that he developed and went to the NFL. And he also helped recruit Baron Browning, who is in the NFL and was playing damn good before he got hurt this year. Pete Warner, Pete Werner, who in the NFL with the Saints, pretty good football player there. Teraja Mitchell, who obviously Florida fans, you know, he's of course the Ohio State linebacker that just transferred to Florida. Dallas Gant, who was with Ohio State and is now with Toledo. So shout out, shout out Rockets up here. There we go. Shout out Rockets. Um, Kevon Pope and Javante Jean-Baptiste, who were two other linebackers that gone to Ohio State. Not doing amazing here. Not horrible, but not doing amazing so far. But Bill Davis has gotten at least five guys to the NFL. He's contributed to five guys getting into the NFL. And he's also the guy that has Taraja Mitchell or recruited Taraja Mitchell, and Taraja Mitchell is now a Florida Gator, so just link that back up right now. Next up, Peter Hansen is the other guy that I would like to put up for the linebacker job. Again, I'm not a big fan of getting rid of a coach after year one. I do think Jay Bateman deserves another chance. I just think Bill Davis and Peter Hansen are two names that you should look at, and if they want to be inside linebackers, inside linebacker coaches with the Florida Gators, you do it. Um, so Peter Hansen is the other guy. Hansen was a linebacker coach for Stanford from 2014 to 2019, which if you remember, they were pretty freaking good on defense for most of those years. They were a pretty good defensive team. Their linebackers were some of the best in the PAC 12, if not the best, they're probably somewhere behind the UCLA, maybe Oregon in that time, but a pretty good linebacker group at that point developed guys like I'm, he helped recruit and develop one of my favorite linebackers on the planet right now, Indianapolis Colts linebacker, Bobby Okereke, Phoenix Riser. You'll like that one. Um, but Bobby Okereke and Caleb Kelly, who would have been in the NFL if he didn't have to medically retire after a third knee surgery in his college career. So that sucked. But Bill Davis, Peter Hansen, look at them for linebacker coaches. Denarius McGee, look at him for a quarterback-centric assistant position. If you're looking for a passing game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, Cameron Turner, Spencer Whipple, look at those. They're all, by the way, I just realized, sons of coaches. I realized that I mentioned Kubiak and Turner, um, and then I, I forgot when I was circling back that Whipple is also, like I mentioned earlier, Mark Whipple's son, but I forgot to group him with the legacy kids, whatever. Um, anyway, thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators football. So we're going to keep you going. We're going to try to finish out this offseason strong. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university. University of Florida for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work at Whole Line Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.